You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah, as well as Nick, who is also really, we're both fifth quarter ACC. It's really not just me anymore. Thankfully, Nick has been willing to kind of step in and help me out. But Nick, not only is college football back, because I actually got sunburnt last weekend enjoying what was what I would deem a group of five football game between Illinois and Nebraska last weekend. Um, but it's actually back for us. I mean, your beloved Wolfpack kickoff and about 24 hours from now. Um, and then, you know, Wake Forest plays on Friday night, and I know you'll be in attendance for that one. And then obviously Virginia kicks off Saturday for me. So ACC football is here. We have an incredibly long loaded uh, slate. So we might, this might run a little longer than most of our podcasts do, but, you know, we're going to try to make sure we touch bases on everything and kind of give all of our ACC fans a little insight onto, especially these non-conference games. My, uh, I'd say my area of expertise comes to these group of five teams. For those that follow us on Twitter, they see I have every group of five mini football helmet and each week I'll pair them up matchup by matchup. I've read a couple different college football magazines and I've read just as much about the USF Bulls as I have NC State. So, you know, being able to kind of give that kind of insight, I think I'm looking forward to a lot here. But Nick, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Because college football and the ACC is back in 24 hours. I'm doing great, man. I'm super excited. I can't wait. I'm actually on the ACC's website right now, and they have the countdown. So in exactly a day, five minutes, and 52 seconds will be the NC State kickoff. I'm very excited for that. Also, thank you to you for the Wake Forest tickets. So we will be, or at least I will be, boots on the ground in Winston-Salem uh, for the Wake Forest Old Dominion game. So if you want to you know, DM me on Twitter, want to say hi real quick, or talk about the podcast or whatever you want to do, definitely DM me. I'll try to meet up with you. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Just wanted to do a real quick shout out to, you know, Winston-Salem and uh, Mount Tabor High School. Unfortunately, we're dealing with a bit of a situation where there was a school shooting. And uh, right before we actually hopped on Micah, they just found the uh, school shooter. So it's kind of a sad day. In Winston-Salem, if you live in Winston-Salem and you listen to this, you know what's been going on this entire day. Like half the town was basically shut down trying to find uh, the the alleged shooter and everything. So uh, hopefully things will turn around real quick. Uh, hopefully they do something during the Wake Forest game. I don't know if like high school football games are going to be canceled for tomorrow. I would assume so. Maybe I'm not sure, but. Other than that, let's get back on a happy note. Uh, very excited. It's actually kind of cool how the state of North Carolina is actually getting a spotlight on national TV because we don't play on Saturdays. Uh, every not, not only ACC teams, but all the FBS teams in North Carolina do not play on a Saturday. We got State and USF Thursday. We have App ECU Thursday. We have uh, Duke and Charlotte Friday, Wake and Old Dominion Friday, and then Carolina and Virginia Tech Friday. So everyone, not only in the ACC North Carolina schools, but the North Carolina schools uh, in the FBS are getting a little spotlight. So that's pretty cool. But I'm excited to get through this schedule for week one. It's going to be, like you said, a little bit longer, but this is what we're here for. I'm so excited. Man, you're making me want to be in North Carolina right now. I didn't even I didn't even know that. So Nick's out here pulling out facts that normally I have. That's insane. And then you think about it too, Saturday, 
the heart and eyes of college football first Saturday, true Saturday, let's be honest. No offense to, you know, Alcorn State's game. I mean, that was actually a really fun game. But, you know, Nebraska-Illinois was really the only FBS game of the Power Fives last week. But college game day is in Charlotte, you know, and the game of the week is in North Carolina on Saturday. So, man, that is that is something special, like you mentioned, with Mount Tabor, actually. Uh, I was supposed to coach lacrosse there before the pandemic hit when I was living down in Winston-Salem. So, you know, obviously I never got to really know any young men that were there, but, you know, it's definitely, it, it is crazy. I mean, where I live in Nebraska, we had a shooting not too long ago either. So it's really unfortunate, but like you said, let's try to be more positive on it, but whew, uh, let's, let's use college football to be that distraction from these real world things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You always, why don't we start off with this? You were, you were boots on the ground uh, in where were you? You were in Champlain, Illinois for the Nebraska, Illinois game. Uh, def, we definitely built up a lot of followers on Twitter and hopefully throughout the podcast too. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience in big 10 countries since we're an ACC podcast. So Illinois to me was very similar to my experience at Louisville and that might sound kind of strange I still think the Louisville experience may have been a little bit better but it was very underrated um, I went to Illinois expecting to kind of see it as more of a snooze fest if that makes sense uh, you know not I expected you know with them playing Nebraska and there was a lot of Nebraska fans there the side that I was sitting on was mainly red but um, you know it was it was 50 50 um, the tailgate scene for an 11 o'clock or a noon kickoff um, you know, it was pretty good. It was actually very good. You know, obviously it does help college football's back. So, you know, everyone's really appreciating the fact they kind of learned uh, what they missed. You know, there, there's a lot less complaining about early morning kickoffs when, uh, you, re- when you've had two years, uh, off from it. So, you know, that's something too, but, uh, it's definitely, it was definitely awesome just to be back in a, what was a somewhat full stadium. Uh, you know, you're going to be boots on the ground, uh, you know, Friday, of course, for ODU and wake and, You know, I might have a little surprise for you, Nick, here. I'm not trying to uh, spoil it yet, but if you're free tomorrow night, I might have a ticket for you for your beloved pack. We'll keep that off the pod for now, but (laughs) maybe a little hint at you. Um, But I'm actually going to be boots on the ground in Big Ten territory for the next couple nights. I'm actually currently in in my buddy's place in Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to watch Ohio State Minnesota tomorrow night in person drive six hours on Friday to go watch Michigan state at Northwestern. And then Saturday making my loop back to my beloved hometown. Now, I guess in Nebraska, going to watch Indiana at Iowa. So I'm in big 10 country doing some big 10 scouting, I guess you could say. Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was awesome to be back, but I'm not going to lie. I'd rather be in lane stadium on Friday night than Ryan field and Northwestern, but sometimes (laughs) that's just how things work out. So um, yeah, no, it was a good time, but, I'm kind of ready to talk ACC football. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's get started. All right. So we're kicking things off Thursday night. So tomorrow night, 730 Eastern on the ACC Network, which, by the way, for those who don't get the ACC Network, I feel your pain. I just had to subscribe to Fubo TV, 80 bucks a month just to stream the ACC Network because my parents have Comcast and we still don't have it. So that stinks, but hey, at least it means I can watch ACC football. So not too, not too upset, but definitely not the most thrilled about it. But NC State here, I see anywhere from 18 to 18 and a half point favorites. Uh, this is one of those games where 
you know, there is a little bit of familiarity. Of course, head coach for USF is Jeff Scott coming over from Clemson two years ago. Last year, USF was, um, I don't want to say terrible, but there's probably not a better word to describe them. I mean, they were one and eight. Uh, their only win came against the Citadel, which was a good Citadel team. I mean, that's an FCS uh, quality opponent. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, that, that's your only win. That kind of uh, gives a little bit more of a, insight into who they are uh one fun fact and i'm curious if you knew this nick you know who the starting quarterback at usf is uh i wait i think i heard something about this yesterday so shoot i heard something about it yesterday go ahead and tell me it's cade fortin so he was the starting quarterback in 2018 when north carolina lost in overtime to your wolf pack so that was actually his last start as a quarterback in the division one level. So, or at least FBS level. So uh, he's got a little bit of familiarity, of course, with North Carolina state. Uh, obviously this NC state team, I think is better than the 2018 team. Um, I also think too, that he's on a lot less of a talented team, even though that 2018 UNC team wasn't very good. I would still argue they're probably better than the USF team they currently have, but there is that familiarity. He does have um, you know, uh, a key wide receiver in Xavier Weaver. He's honestly a, a pretty solid deep ball threat. But at the end of the day, I mean, NC State is the better team here. Um, you know, this is a, a USF team that's still kind of learning Jeff Scott's system on offense. Um, you know, I think Jeff Scott's going to do a great job of building USF into a really solid program. But I just don't see, you know, that progress really being made this year. And not saying I don't think a team like USF ever will overlook a power five team, but USF does host Florida next week. So there is that kind of, I guess, maybe not look ahead, but you know, I think if you're a South Florida fan, you're willing, you would, you would gladly take a blowout loss in Raleigh and then play your in-state rival Florida close at home. So I think there's something to kind of take into consideration there. Um, I'm, I, I believe NC state's going to cover this spread. I think NC state should get at least five touchdowns in this game or that 35 point threshold. I guess if it's field goals, it's field goals, but let's be honest. I want to see NC state finishing drives here, uh, that aren't just field goals, but I mean, what, what are your thoughts as a state fan? How, how confident are you in this team, uh, going into tomorrow night? Uh, I'm very confident. Uh, there should be no reason why NC State doesn't cover the spread here at 18 and a half. Um, if Dave Dorn wants to make a statement and if the football team wants to make a statement this year, you're going to have to blow the doors off of USF for sure. Um, like we said before, I think in the NC State preview podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that, go ahead. Um uh, this is Dave's sixth year, fifth year, something like that. And he's got a lot of experience coming back from the COVID and everything. So there should be no reason why NC State shouldn't just blow the doors off of a, like you said, very terrible rebuilding USF. This is their opportunity to make a statement, to blow them out of the water. Um, my last thought on the game, though, is I'm excited to see the debut of these new jerseys that we've got. I don't know if you saw them, Micah. They are pretty solid. I love the slobbering wolf on the helmet. I love the bricks 
on the helmet as well. I think that's very NC state. We're known for our brick buildings and brick campus everywhere. Um, the jerseys though, not too bad. I really like, I do like the gray kind of reminds me of uh, these older jerseys we had not too long ago. I think a couple of years ago, we had like a stealth wolf, which was a military gray kind of thing. Uh, you know, I sound like a fashion fashionista right now, but I think it could have gone a little bit better with white if the jerseys were white with the red helmet. But anyway, pretty cool jerseys. I'm excited to see them. Um, and there should be no reason why we don't blow them out of the water. One thing I would love to see, and I know it might actually be very eyesore when you talk about jerseys. Have you ever seen USF's like bright green that they wear sometimes? Oh, yeah. Imagine and like, a color rush Thursday night type thing. I mean, I know, I think honestly, it might be like picturing both jerseys like playing against each other might be hideous, but like yeah. each individually is kind of sick. So, like, I would love to see that. I mean, I don't think USF's going to come out in it, but if they do, that would be that would be pretty awesome. No, and we we came out with those like the last year we debuted the blood moon uniforms which were like red and black numbers yeah. yeah with that neon green geez that's a that's like what what was that monday night or thursday night football game with the color rush? it was like the bills and the jets and like yeah. if you were colorblind you were seeing like two green teams going up against each <laughs> other or something yeah it's those uniforms are really solid. I still never, I'll never forget the first time that they, they pulled out the cherry red lids uh, a few years ago uh, with Dave Dorn, NC State. That was one of my favorite jerseys in the world. It, my favorite thing is, as a kid uh, growing up was going to a soft serve place and getting one of those solid cherry coats on the sil on the vanilla ice cream cone. And right. ever since then, that's all I picture when I see NC State's jerseys. It tells you how much of a fat kid I was, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, that was, oh man, it, I do like the jerseys and I like the touch. I mean, the, honestly, if I was an NC State fan, I mean, wait, because a lot of times Adidas products get put on sale pretty quickly because Adidas prints way too much of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but the the whole, you know, the light at red tower at the center there. I mean, that's yeah. just, that, that, that honestly was my favorite part. Like, I love like these hidden, I mean, I love when basketball a few years ago, you know, they had the some limited in the back behind the numbers where, you know, at Virginia, they had the rotunda at Virginia tech. They had the hokey stone barracks, like doing that kind of stuff is just so sick. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely a nice little Jersey touch. I know for a fact, uh, I will be following the game. Unfortunately, not able to watch it too much, but got the post notifications turned on. So my watch will hopefully be blowing up with NC state news throughout the night, but uh, yeah, I mean, do you think I don't want to spend too much time on this game? So, my guess, quick last question: Are you more confident in, in NC State? Like, do you think that Dave Doran, for those that maybe want to bet this game, is maybe not let's say pull the starters, but do you think that NC State is going to push for that statement type win? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, is it next week or is it two weeks from now for NC State going to Mississippi State? Is that next week? That would be next week. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, if I'm NC State, I kind of say, hey, dial I mean, 18 and a half, I still think they're going to cover that spread. But I guess, are you are you confident that NC State's going to get up 35 nothing and then just call off the dogs? Or do you think they're still going to, like, maybe not have their starters in, but still be going, you know, full steam, running their system the way they would be? Because if that's the case, then, I mean, I think you should hammer the over. But if you're not, I guess what your thoughts are there. Because, you know, I think, of course, if you're an NC State fan, you want to beat Mississippi State next week 
the ACC fans, we want you to beat the SEC next week. So how much, I guess, do you show and put out against a team like USF where you should be able to beat them by kind of just doing your basic principles? Yeah, for sure. I think if for some reason we go up like 35 nothing and it's like halftime or midway through the third quarter or something like that, I think that's fantastic. Do I see that happening? Possibly. I could see USF, you know, uh, us sleep, you know, first game jitters. There's a miscue on defense, USF score, something like that. It happens to everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. If USF, uh, USF kept it kind of close in the beginning, you know, I don't know, keep it within like 10 points going into midway through the second quarter. And then state just kind of breaks out a little bit. Uh, but I am very confident that this team is very experienced. Dave Doran needs to make a statement, and I think he most definitely will, especially since we got Mississippi State next week, and we don't want to look soft. So I think uh, definitely hammer that cover for sure. Awesome. Love that. Love that. So then let's move on to Friday. And then- you're new to this, uh, Nick. You've never done a podcast previewing games like uh, with me here. I like to pick a game of the week. We each get to pick our own, so you're welcome to have a different game. But my game of the week will be the Friday night, 6 o'clock kickoff in Blacksburg, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Not going to say it's de facto Coastal Championship because we know we both have I'm high on Pitt, you're high on Miami, you know, kind of thing. But, I mean, there's a lot riding on this game, uh, obviously, in, in Blacksburg for Virginia Tech getting off on the right start. Goodness gracious, I would love to be in sold out Lane Stadium on Friday night. Uh, I hope Ryan Field and Northwestern has fans <laughs> in terms of actually showing up on a Friday night, although White Sox and Cubs are both in town. But oh man, like I, for those that always like to say, oh, he's a Virginia homer, you know, he, he's biased. He can't stand Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech has the best game day atmosphere in the ACC. Sorry, Florida State. Sorry, Clemson. When Lane Stadium is packed, it is the best. I don't care what anyone says. Packed Lane Stadium, when there's something on the line for Virginia Tech, it is – I'm getting chills. Like, I honestly – I hate Enter Sandman because it brings back bad memories as a Virginia fan. But at the same time, every time I hear it, I want to start jumping. So, you know, anyways, Friday, huge game in Blacksburg, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Uh, we got a spread of five-and-a-half. Uh, Virginia Tech's a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, it's going to be 75. It's going to be beautiful football weather this week. And I don't know if you've seen it. You know, obviously, thoughts and prayers to those affected by the hurricane, especially down in Louisiana. Um, but I will say it's kind of bringing some nice, cool weather. Uh, so I know for us football fans that obviously are not directly in the path of the hurricane, we're kind of appreciating that. Um, so there's something to be on to look forward to. But Nick, I mean, this is my game of the week. I am so excited. Uh, with Northwestern kicking off at nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock central time, you will find me for the first half at a bar in Evanston, Illinois, watching that game. Second half, I will be probably listening to it uh, while walking around Ryan field. So I will definitely be dialed in as much as I possibly can while being at another location. But I mean, how excited are you for this game? What is this going to play out for you? I mean, I'm going to save my spoilers for the end, but I mean, if you listen to any of our Virginia Tech or preseason prediction pods, you might know where I'm going with this prediction. But I mean, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm extremely excited for this game. Uh, a lot on the line for Virginia Tech. Um, at my 
other radio job that I do locally here in Winston-Salem. We actually interviewed Mac Brown uh, and he is, you know, stepping on the brakes a little bit on the hypeness of it's great that we're ranked top 10. I didn't think we'd be here this fast. I think recruiting wise, he's a little surprised performance wise. I think he's kind of where they thought they would be, but being 10, he thought, okay, let's back off the hype. Cause you know what happens when there's too much hype, there's disappointment. And I think Mac is a genuine guy. He's a very nice guy too. Great, great coach. Um, and I think that's smart of him to do because you're going into a very intimidating place week one on a Friday night. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to get the spotlight Friday night. I don't care who are the other teams are. Duke Charlotte's not. Wake Forest, the Old Dominion's not. And whatever other teams are playing Friday night, I'm sure there are others too. Hey, don't sleep um, on Northwestern Michigan State now, okay? Yeah. I'm going, you to, know, I'm, North- going to the, I'm going to the game of the week at 9 o'clock Eastern time on Fox Sport 1. So let's yeah, you relax. know, don't – yeah, yeah, I mean, of course, because that game's going to be like a thriller, 10 to 9 going into the fourth quarter. So we know our Big Ten a yeah, little bit hammer, here. But if I know it's an AC podcast. Hammer the under. That's all Hammer that say. under, dude. Northwestern oh Michigan God. State, hammer – like two quarterbacks that are like both left their respective schools because they're not very good. I mean, Hunter Johnson, we all know him from Clemson. He's starting at Northwestern. I'm a little concerned. He beat out Ryan Halinski, which is – I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but that's kind of concerning. And then we've got Michigan State that's probably going to rely on a group of five transfer to hopefully be their sol- their saving grace. And let's be honest, he's not going to be. So, yeah, 10-9 sounds about right. So, anyways, let's talk North Carolina, Virginia Tech. <laughs> right. So, listen, I think I said this before. Um, we don't know what's happening with Virginia Tech. Obviously, Justin Fuente is coaching for his job this year. North Carolina is going to the most intimidating place in the ACC and one of the most intimidating places in the country. And I said this before in earlier podcasts, North Carolina fans, like if you lose this game and Virginia tech wins, don't freak out because this team is desperate. I think they want to play for Justin. I think they uh, need to get this hype around them, make sure that the football program is where they want it to be. It's not the end of the world if you lose to Virginia Tech because they're honestly the wild card of the Coastal. Um, So I don't know. I could see Virginia Tech winning this game. I could see North Carolina destroying them by – well, not destroying them, but winning by 14 at the most, maybe 17. You never know if there's like a late late points that just don't matter, you know, during the end of the game. But – I think there should be no reason why North Carolina doesn't win, but I think Virginia Tech does keep it close. I think Virginia Tech does cover in the five-and-a-half-point spread. So we'll see. It was really cool interviewing Mac Brown. If you're from the Winston-Salem area and you listen listen to the uh, Drive, uh, Josh Graham's radio show, 3 to 6, you probably heard that interview, and it was great. And I like what Max said. Uh, He's a very humble coach. So North Carolina should come out with a win, but North Carolina fans don't be upset if you lose. This is a wild card Virginia Tech team. So I got Virginia Tech covering. But I will be be trying to find or stream the game 
on my phone because I will be at the Wake Forest game. That kick kicks off at seven. So at six, I'll probably be walking into Truist Field. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, thankfully, normally you can get pretty good cell service at Truist, especially with it being, I mean, I don't want to say the crowd's not going to be great. I hope it's a great crowd at Truist Field, but it's not like it's a, a name brand program coming to Wake Forest on a Friday night. So especially with it being, you know, with everything happening, it might end up being more popular now. If, like you mentioned, high school football games do get canceled in the state of North Carolina on Fridays, but or at least in the Winston-Salem triad area. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I love what you said about what you, your interview or like the interview with the station you work with, with Mac Brown. Um, I love that the North Carolina hype is not coming from Chapel Hill. It's coming from the national media. It's coming from, you know, guys like us that want to hype up, want to believe that there is a true contender. David Hale is one of my favorite ACC follows on Twitter. You know, he was kind of mentioning it too. Like, you know, this is a North Carolina team that this could potentially be the closest gap where the gap is getting closer and closer to where it's Clemson and everybody else. And that's a very valid point. And, like you said, this is a very desperate Virginia Tech team. Virginia Tech fans might try to say they're not desperate. But I can tell you right now, having it's not the same boat because losing to a North Carolina team is not the same thing as losing to Illinois. But I was at the Nebraska-Illinois game this past weekend. I can tell you right now, Nebraska fans came in very confident trying to say, oh, we're not worried about Scott Frost's future. We're not worried about the future of the program. We're going in the right direction. It takes time. Where this is going to be a special season. We believe it last year was just a one-off, but then they lost to Illinois and walking out of that stadium, I was wearing Husker red, but again, I really didn't have a dog in the fight. You know, fellow Nebraska fans were literally questioning whether this team could even win three games now, mm-hmm. not saying it's the same type of feeling, but let's like you said, let's say North Carolina goes in and Sam Howell just, picks apart the secondary Braxton back Braxton Burmeister doesn't get comfortable. Let's say the secondary for North Carolina really has taken a step forward. Tony Grimes has a pick six, something like that happens out. And and all of a sudden it's 24 seven and North Carolina goes on to win by two plus scores. You're telling me that the folks leaving lane stadium, aren't going to question it, but for the fifth or sixth time, it felt like in really big, important nationally televised games at lane stadium where the whole country is watching they shoot the bed, you know, they crap themselves. Like you're telling me this fan base is not going to start to question where they are as a program. I mean, come on. It's, we can't, we can't kid ourselves here. So, you know, I'm picking Virginia tech solely on what you said with the whole it's desperation time. Eventually lane stadium needs to get a big win against a top 15 team, heck a top 10 team. I keep hearing North Carolina actually was 10 in some of the polls, but you know, I genuinely am a little less confident than I was a couple of weeks ago when I made that prediction during our prediction podcast, just because I think that, you know, the hype is not in Chapel Hill right now. The hype is nationally. And even though as an AC fan, that scares me because what stinks is if Virginia Tech wins this game, it's not going to be the storyline that Virginia Tech's a better team than what we thought. It's going to be that UNC is overrated. And I right. hate that, but that's just how it works. Even I was talking to Big Ten fans about this. One of my favorite podcasts, the Eyes on Big Ten podcast, I actually got a chance to meet up with them uh, Saturday in Champaign. You know, we were talking about this. You know, 
Big Ten gets the same type of issue. When a, when a Purdue beats Ohio State, it's not that Purdue's good. It's that Ohio State's overrated. And I think that's unfair. I think it's very unfair, especially when teams, those teams like Purdue goes eight and four that year. They were just a better team than everybody thought. And that just shows you the depth of these conferences. But no one wants to talk about depth. They want to talk about the top programs and all that stuff. So, you know, that's something that does upset me where in a way, like, I don't think there's any loss here. I think if Virginia Tech wins, you and I will know now that we have a, a really fun ACC Coastal to be prepared for this season. But if North Carolina wins, at least we have the, the national narrative still going. Um, and it does make it a little bit more interesting with Justin Fuente because that's just one more loss on the resume. So this game has so much intrigue for me. I'm going to pick Virginia Tech outright. But honestly, I'm going more off feeling here than anything else. There's no – because I, I think logically, based off what we know, this should be a North Carolina win. I, you can say Braxton Burmeister is taking a step forward, but he's not Sam Howell. I think the secondary for North Carolina is taking a step forward, but oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a damn good game. I'm so excited, so excited to be eating a Chicago style hot dog. My favorite way to eat a hot dog while watching North Carolina Virginia Tech. Sign me up. But anyways, we're moving Man, on. I'm going to be probably just munching on a Chick-fil-A sandwich or something. I wish I were having a <laughs> Chicago dog. Uh, just real quick, one more point. You, I think you made a great point of saying that um, Justin Fuente and Scott Frost are kind of in the same boat. So I think if Virginia Tech fans, if you do end up covering, but you, I mean, if Virginia Tech loses, but they cover, it's not the end of the world, I think, for Justin Fuente because you just kept up with the number 10 team in the nation. And, yeah, there's a lot of hype around them. But that should give you a lot of confidence going into the rest of your season because the rest of your teams, you got Virginia, Pitt, uh, Duke, Georgia Tech. I know you got a scary one at West Virginia. We don't know what that's going to be like. But if Virginia Tech loses but ends up covering – it's not the end of the world, I think, for Virginia Tech either. But anyway, very excited for this game, for sure. Absolutely. Moving on to the game that you will be attending Saturday – or Saturday, geez, Friday night, Wake Forest hosting Old Dominion. Um, I'm going to save this short and sweet. I have Wake Forest winning. The spread is 31. I have Wake Forest covering. Uh, my le- reasoning behind this is Old Dominion hasn't played a football game in two years. They have a brand-new head coach. They should have been, based off the New York Times logic, they should have been listed as the number one national champion, not UConn, because Old Dominion would have beat UConn head-to-head, and Old Dominion opted out as well. And I think Old Dominion should get more credit because they opted out while the rest of their conference chose to play. So I think if if you're going to use the logic of the New York Times, they should have been our national champion last year, not UConn. (laughs) But, you know, I I just have no confidence in Old Dominion. This is not the Old Dominion that gave Virginia a run in 2019 in their coastal uh, run. This is not the team that beat, you know, Virginia Tech, and I believe it was 2018 or 2017 in Norfolk. This is a completely different team. They don't have the same weapons that, you know, they, they normally do. So I just don't have confidence in this team at all. I think Wake Forest, kind of what you mentioned with what Dave Dorn wants to do, I think Dave Clawson wants to send a message too. I think that he has a great opportunity to do that as well. You know, he's hosting Norfolk Stake next week, which is actually in the same boat as um, uh, our uh, beloved Old Dominion uh, Monarchs here. You know, they did not play since 2019 as well. So I think there's just a lot of, a lot of opportunity here. Um, you know, 
I do get worried that maybe, especially in this old Dominion game, they might call off the dogs a little bit, but they have Norfolk State next week to do that. So I think they are really going to take this game as a true. I, I like to use the, the NFL's last preseason game logic, where you're actually going to see some of the starters and you're going to see them go a half. And again, like that's maybe all they need to really prove what they need. I think their backups are just as good as old Dominion starters. Yes, I'm willing to take that. It's a kind of a risky take because Wake Forest doesn't recruit very highly, but I still just genuinely believe in this team. Um, so that's kind of where my head's at. I mean, what is your thoughts real quick? Uh, I do want to say, I want to mention for old Dominion that they really struggled in 2019 moving the ball um, in terms of pieces to really keep an eye on. Hate to say it, but there, there there's not a whole lot. Um, you know, they lost their key pieces on defense. Um, there's not really anything to me that makes me really get excited about old dominion. Um, I mean, I think the most exciting piece is potentially who their starter might be. Uh, they do have a pretty solid quarterback competition right now. I actually want to look it up real quick, but they, they haven't announced a starter, so I don't think they're going to announce it You know, in the next 24 hours. They'll probably just go with quarterback by committee. But they do have DJ Mack, who was at UCF. He was actually pretty good, kind of was that backup there for uh, Dylan Gabriel in 2019. So there's at least something competent at quarterback, but they're not better than Sam. Like up and down the, the each position group, Wake has the advantage. So Wake should cover this 31. But what are your thoughts? Uh, Nick. Uh, I completely agree. I think there should be no reason why Wake doesn't cover this spread. Uh, weird how, you know, Old Dominion was the only conference USA team to uh, not play in 2020. So one thing I will say about Wake, and I thought I was the only one on this take because I picked them as my dark horse. I said that, uh, you know, you look up and they could be six and oh, seven and one, eight and one, something like that. Someone else in another podcast that I listened to picked them as their dark horse as well. Shout out to Unnecessary Roughness. But um, yeah, Wake Forest, they have the schedule, they've got the uh, talent, and they have the experience. I think Wake and NC State are in the same boat where you have to make a statement and Honestly, with these, with Wake Forest, NC State, and Virginia Tech being desperate, think us both thinking that they're going to make this Carolina game a really good ass game. The ACC is kind of in good hands right now, elevating mediocre teams to top teams that we could see compete with Clemson hopefully this year. But anyway, uh, getting a little sidetracked, we could see Wake Forest. You look up; it's middle October. They're Six and oh, six and one, seven and one, something like that. I think they should destroy Old Dominion. They haven't played in two years. Norfolk State, they haven't played in two years. I think you're right. They will have the, you know, all their starters ready to go, play through the whole first half, all the way up to the third quarter, depending on what the score is. If it's like 35 to nothing going into the fourth, yeah, go ahead, pull the starters, get them ready for Norfolk State to be pulled out in after the first quarter. But I got nothing much else. Uh, again, I will be boots on the ground at Wake Forest, Old Dominion. I think I'll be somewhere around the hill. I'll be walking around the stadium because I actually haven't been to the stadium in quite some time. 
So if you want to sh- uh, shoot me a DM, let me know where you are. We can definitely say hi, maybe get a pick or whatever. Let us know what you think about the podcast. So uh, very excited to be back in my hometown and in the home stadium. And for anybody listening, if you do meet up with Nick, Nick, I'm going to need you to get their information. First person to meet up with Nick when they get in, I will send you an ACC football hat. I actually need to send you one anyways, Nick, so it'll just make sense because I can send them both at the same time. Perfect. So whoever gets picked, whoever gets there first, gets an ACC football hat, we'll get your address. We'll send you a hat. Um, we'll get that to you. But um, yeah, Twitter's no. at ndioli 74 Yeah, and you can also DM us on fifth quarter ACC. I know Nick's got access to it now too kind of helps as well because i mean i'll be able to kind of get in contact with nick if we're having issues with him getting access to to the internet there i can always text nick as well so and we'll probably nick we'll we'll probably just have you tweet out on friday you know where you're going to be at where to find you kind of thing maybe schedule a meetup maybe potentially if there's some interest there hopefully there is yeah i'd love to be able to join but Again, if anyone happens to be at Ryan Field, feel free to stop by. I'll definitely give you an ACC hat if you happen to be at Northwestern, but I'm going to go with there's probably not going to be anybody there. But um, moving on to a honestly pretty fun matchup for me. I'm actually really excited also uniform-wise. Uh, I love Charlotte's new, you know, like new logo, and I love their colors. Uh, Duke going on the road to Charlotte. If you've never been to Jerry Richardson Stadium, Nick, it's actually very underrated. It's very nice. Um, it's the strangest place ever. Their concourses are massive. So they built it in case they ever wanted to expand to 50,000, build an upper deck. So the concourse is just huge. I mean, you could, it's all, I, I would say it's almost 40 to 50 yards of concourse. It is insane. But I mean, oh my goodness, uh, this should be one of those things where one of my favorite podcasts, Cover Three Podcasts from CBS Sports. They were talking about Charlotte and they hit the nail on the head for me with Charlotte. They are getting a, we're, we're not as down on Charlotte because of who Will Healy is. He's well-liked in the media. He's an incredibly young. I think he's not going to rising star as in he's going to be. He reminds me a lot of PJ Fleck. He's someone that given the time in Charlotte should be able to build a team that should be competing for a conference USA, USA title. He is a fantastic guy. Of course, he got into their first ever bowl game a few years ago. But they just don't have the pieces. They do not have the ability to compete. I mean, last year, this team went to Duke and got steamrolled. I mean, absolutely got the doors blown off of them. And I think this year's Duke team is better than last year's team. And this Charlotte team is not any better. Uh, I do like Chris Reynolds, their quarterback. Uh, I do think that he could be a potential thorn in the side of Duke, especially if they cannot slow down the passing attack, which they've had some issues with over the last few years. But Duke's a six and a half point favorite here. I am going to hammer Duke, hammer it. Like this is my lock of the week for who I think is going to win a spread here. I just, I just don't see how a team like UNC Charlotte or Charlotte as they like to be referred to now um, is just going to be able to compete with Duke. Cause again, like Duke might be one of our worst teams, but you look at power rankings, Duke's 94th, Charlotte's in that 110 category. And honestly, I've seen arguments that they might be the worst team in the conference USA and no else is in the conference USA old dominion. So mm-hmm. I just don't feel like, Char- I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Cause I genuinely like Charlotte, like as a 
fan of college football, I like to pick teams that I kind of have rooting interests for across the country. Wyoming is one of my favorite group of five teams for no good reason, just more other than I just love the brown and gold. But like Charlotte falls into that category for me, but I just don't see it. I just don't. I mean, what, what are your thoughts here? Hmm. God, I don't like that spread at all because I really, I really want to, I'm so down on Duke and I've been on record saying that I'm very down on Duke, uh, but I don't like that spread at all. I think I'm because I really do like Charlotte too. And I think they are a program that is very up and coming. I mean, yeah, granted, they've only been in the FBS for, I think this is year six now, I believe they've been FBS or six or seven, something like that. I believe so, this is year six. I think you're correct on that. Year six. Okay. So they've been to one bowl game. Um, last year was kind of a bit of a disappointment and we'll see what happens. I'm excited for the Charlotte team though, or not the team, but for the program, because I agree. I think they're going to be a very good group of five program within the next few years. I really do believe that. I think they got the facilities for it. That Charlotte area is very nice. I think they can really recruit some players. I mean, they're not, I mean, they're two minutes from South Carolina and Clemson territory and South Carolina territory. They're in that perfect little location. So Anyways, getting a little sidetracked. I'm very, I'm staying away from that spread. Six and a half for uh, Duke. That's very scary. And for how down I've been, I was really hoping it was like a ten and a half spread, and then maybe I could pick Charlotte to cover that. But what what I will say about Duke, Duke needs to prove everyone wrong. They need to prove me wrong. I want Duke to prove me wrong. I want them to hammer the over, or I mean, I'm sorry, hammer the spread. I want, I want, if, I want them to cover for me to start believing that David Cockliffe hasn't lost the program and that they can, you know, make a little noise this season. Maybe this season's not lost in at least my mind. I don't know who else agrees with me going into this season, but there should be no reason Duke doesn't win this game considering the talent difference. And I'm just afraid that, you know, I'm so down on them that Charlotte could sneak in, sneak in and covering or even win. So Duke needs to win this game for sure. They need to make a statement to be like, Hey, we're not done. We can, we're, we're, we're not at this level that everyone thinks that we're at. Yeah. And a big hot take for me here that might be bold. I think in five years, Charlotte will be a better program than App State. That's my that thought is, from Charlotte. I think that, that is a that very hot upside. take. I think that they have that a, much. Yeah, I, I think they have that much upside. Now, my only concern is if Will Healy leaves, but I genuinely think that Charlotte in five years could be a better maybe okay, better program might be a bad way of putting that because I mean App State's still gonna have the history. So maybe not a better program, but will be the better team in five years. I think that just what they have in the conference USA, the resources, the investment. I understand App State has been investing a ton in football too, but at the end of the day, I, I I love Boone, North Carolina. I really do. I love it more than Charlotte. But for recruiting bases in, ter- in terms of, you know, everything like that, I think Charlotte has the potential. I mean, that school is just growing and growing and growing and growing at such a crazy rate. But anyway. I think that could happen at ECU, though. I, I, I do think so, too. I, I, I argue that ECU is actually, in the last 15 years, a better program than App State. Oh, no. I meant – I'm saying that 
I think Charlotte could become a better program than ECU. Oh, okay. Years. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yeah, I think at the App State is the group of five program that I mean, and honestly, and this might be stinging to your NC State and stinging the ACC in general, but I'd say App State's probably been the best program in North Carolina in the last 10 years because they've been the only consistent one. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, Wake Forest probably has the best push out of any of these programs because they've just been consistent. You know, I will say NC State gets a lot of heat for just being, you know, of course, just a little bit, you know, they always underperform expectations. But it's not like NC State's really been bad. So there is that kind of factor to maybe why that opinion kind of is out there. But uh, anyways, let's move on. And we're kind of running a little long here. Colgate, Boston College. I only have one thing I want to say on that. The spread is 46 and a half currently. It opened at 50 and a half. Do you know what the over-under is in this game? 52 and a half. So when this opened, they were predicting 50 to three if you were taking the over for Boston College. Mm -hmm. If not, you were predicting a shutout for Boston College if you expected them to cover and also get the under. So like 51 nothing would fall into that category, which is insane to me. I can't hammer any ACC team not named Clemson to cover a 46 and a half. I don't care who they're playing. But I don't think Boston College is going to come out here and just roll Colgate to where, again, it's 60 to nothing. Boston College has one of my favorite non-conference schedules of all time because you're hosting Colgate. You get to go to UMass. You get to go to Temple. Then you host Missouri, the most random team of all time. Like, I wonder if Boston College just got bored and said, let's find old rivalries that were fun. We'll host Kansas a couple of years, and then we'll host Boston College the next – or host Mizzou the next time. And then we'll get Kansas State <laughs> next. Then we'll get – like, it's just fun to me. But, um, yeah, I just – I think Boston College wins. I think they win this very easily. To be honest, I will check scores, and I hope I have no reason to be checking scores more than my watch notification saying touchdown Boston College. But – I'm not going to watch a single minute of this game. I'll watch the highlights when I get back to my uh, Airbnb in Iowa City on Saturday, but I have no reason to to really dial into this game. I mean, do you have anything you want to quickly add on this game? Because I kind of want to move through this one pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought they were playing Bishop Sycamore. My bad. Okay, Colgate. Okay, okay. So, Honestly, I'd be more concerned about that because we just don't know what we're getting into. They might, they, might, <laughs> they, might, they might be able to get Reggie Bush to line up at that point. Who knows? So Who uh, knows? I would, I, w- I would almost be more confident in them or less confident in them winning or at least covering the spread against Bishop Sycamore. But Yeah. I mean, honestly, I got nothing much here. Boston College should wipe the floor with these guys. I mean, they should just put them on their toothbrushes and brush them with, you know, I mean, honestly, they should definitely destroy Colgate. I got nothing else on it. Uh, that spread is wild, though. And who knows? They probably could cover that because I know nothing about Colgate. They're in, the, what, the Patriot League, I think? Yep. Or the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, this is a very much improved Boston College team. They're kind of in that mix with Wake Forest and NC State where now it's time to take the step up. And I think this is the season for Boston College to take that step step up get out of that five six win range sometimes seven and really push it so i think they're going to destroy colgate i got nothing much more on this for sure it should be a fun weekend in boston though for sure was that a dad joke nick did, did you know what you a little did bit with the, with the toothbrush joke i just want to make sure like i didn't get it like i was confused with the toothbrush thing i'm like that's a new one and then i put two and two together once you said the word colgate again i was like oh if that was intended, well done. That might be 
that might be better than watching this game, to be honest with you. We might not even have to watch the game. That was probably still better than this game. But, wow, that was – guys, Thank you. Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick is single, but he's also <laughs> a dad. So, if you're looking for dad bods, I think Nick might be your guy. Um, so, moving on, yeah. we've got what could be a really fun game. Shout out to some of my buddies, Thomas and Hayden. Uh, they will be at this game. So, I'm kind of jealous, but in a way, maybe not because I don't know how this is going to end up going. But, number one, Alabama. Number 14, Miami. Miami is a 19-and-a-half-point underdog, over under 61-and-a-half. Is it bad to say I feel more confident in Alabama covering than I do Miami? Covering the uh, – wait, what's – 19-and-a-half. 19-and-a-half. I still pick Miami to cover here, but uh-huh. I almost feel more – like I'm not going to bet this game, but – I almost feel more confident with Alabama rolling Miami. I just, I mean, again, this is all what I hear in podcasts, and and again, I'm not any by any means uh, an insider in Coral Gables, but it it sounds like Derek King is not going to be 100% healthy. Derek King, like, I'm just like a guy like Derek King who has so much skill, but for him to be really, really good, he needs to be mobile. And he's going to get hit in this game. Unless Miami's offensive line is just uh, suddenly changed their script in the last 10 years of Miami football, where they can never protect their quarterbacks. I'm just, oh, I'm going to take Miami to cover because it's an HC podcast, but uh, I don't see Miami winning this game. I'm, I, I hope that I'm, I hope that I get quote tweeted and this video goes viral and I get blasted for this clip just because, I'm going all against Miami, but I don't I, I don't think Miami's got a shot. I really don't. Uh, I think this is where we disagree. Uh, obviously, yeah, I'm very high on Miami this year because I love Derek King. And I think he's going to do really well. Uh, that is news to me, though, that he's not 100%, but I think that's not really surprising considering what happened to him. Uh, but we'll see what happens. The thing is, is why... I'm so confident in Miami covering this might be my lock of the week is because Alabama is starting over on everything. Wide receivers, running backs, quarterback defense, they're starting over. So I personally don't see Alabama even uh, making the playoff this year uh, because the, I think even though they're starting over, Georgia has a great quarterback, Al, uh, Texas A&M, might win the West this year. You never know. Um, I think Miami does cover not only because of Derek King, but just because Alabama is just, you know, they're starting over, which is okay. Every team has to start over with new talent. And for Alabama fans, I don't know if we have any listening. It's not the end of the world. I mean, 2019, you had to, you know, start over a little bit. Yeah, of course, you had to deal with an injury with Tua, but every a lot of teams are starting over this year. Ohio State, uh, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma at, at to a point. So I think Miami's going to cover. I'm very excited for this game. I hopefully I will be home in time to watch it. But again, I've been high on Miami. I think Derek King uh, will shine, and hopefully they make this close, put Miami back on the map a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope. My only thing I'm holding out hope for is that you can make the, I'm making the argument about my concerns about Derek King and what Derek King we get. But I mean, it is, it is still Bryce Young. We don't know much about him. He could come out and 
And this Miami defense is going to be good. So there is that hope. I will say mm-hmm. that. But fortunately, Alabama, granted, Alabama played Duke the last time they had a opening season game against an ACC team. So maybe it's right. not fair to hold Miami to the same standard. But you know, I actually know. Was it then they then Alabama play Florida State a few years ago as well? Or who did mm-hmm. Florida State play? Yeah. So like, you know, that didn't go very well for Florida State either. And that was we were expecting a lot more from Florida State that year than or maybe not more than we were thinking from Miami. Florida State was a top five team in the preseason of that year. So right. Um, you know, I, I just I don't have faith in Miami. I Miami's gonna have to prove something for me to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like North Carolina could you probably make the same argument, but I still feel more confident in what we know about North Carolina than we do Miami. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel confident at all with Miami. I think this game, I'm afraid that I'm going to be seeing that score on the, on the scoreboard at Kinnick stadium and someone's going to bad mouth ACC and I'm going to have to slap them. So, uh, <laughs> we'll have to see there, but moving on to the next game, we've got a, a four o'clock kickoff on the ACC network. We've got UMass and Pitt. Pitt should win this game big. Pitt's a 38-point favorite. I expect Pitt to cover. That feels insane to say because I should never trust Pitt to cover that big of a spread. But I think Pitt's done it before. Didn't last year? I mean, granted, it was Austin P, but I'm pretty sure they covered a 40-some spread last year against Austin P. And Austin P might be better than UMass. <laughs> so I'm going to take Pitt here to cover. I I could give you insight on UMass if you want, but let me just tell you, Walt Bell's their coach. They're not very good. They're not well coached. They're are they back? That's maybe that's that's a little mean. They haven't. They get out coached a lot, and I think Pat Narduzzi's a good X's and O's coach. So I think that just if UMass does get a touchdown early or some points early, it'll be a quick, easy adjustment for Pitt, and it won't happen again. So give me Pitt here to cover. Pretty, I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah, I mean. I know a lot. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about UMass. All I know is that they're probably one of the worst, if not the worst, FBS program in the nation. Um, there should be no reason why Pitt doesn't just destroy them. Uh, it's at your own turf. Granted, you know, Hinesville isn't the most electric place for game day, but uh, you get the home field advantage. I think uh, I'm a little – I'm I, – riding on the pit train with you that they could cause a lot of upset and they, they're the team that caused the coastal chaos this year. So yeah, I got nothing much else. UMass, I mean, they just stink. They just fly out stink. I think they've had like, I don't know, 12 wins in the last 12, 13, 14 years or something like that. So uh, give me pit all the way. Yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. So moving on. This is my favorite game of the weekend. Um, being a Big Mac fan, being just, I love these types of games. Uh, Syracuse goes to Athens, Ohio to take on the Ohio Bobcats. Um, this spread at one point had Ohio as a one point favorite. Now it is Syracuse as a one point favorite. So it's basically a pick em at this point. Um, you know, basically, whoever you think is going to win is who you bet. Um, I do think Syracuse is going to win here. Um, one thing that's kind of driving me up a wall, if you follow the Mac as close as I do, is um, you know Buffalo was the preseason favorite until Lance Leipold left. Yes, he took some pretty solid pieces with him to Kansas um, in terms of the actual player personnel. But um, Ohio is now getting some love to win the Mac. They also just lost their coach. Though. I mean, granted, they hired from within, but Frank Solich did step down uh, due to health reasons. 
hope he's doing okay. I know he's a legend. I still think uh, Nebraska, uh, that's the biggest, that was the turning point for Nebraska football was letting Frank Solich go after a nine win season. I mean, that was just pathetic uh, in my opinion, but life goes on. That's what it is. Ohio ended up getting a legend that stuck around there forever. So uh, made Ohio a very relevant Mac team, but I just, I don't, I don't see that much hype. Now, Ohio does have a pretty good quarterback. It's also their, um, it's kind of like the NC State story with the Finleys, you know, so they have uh, Curtis Rourke, Tanner, Tanner Rourke, I believe was his name. Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke was the, uh, was the quarterback for, for Ohio the last few years. Uh, now it's Curtis's turn, his younger brother, to take it on. Uh, very solid quarterback. They're, they are a very solid team. I don't think there's anything extra special about them. Uh, that's why I get a little concerned because we do have our concerns with Syracuse. But, um, you know, this is a team that I definitely wouldn't sleep on. I do think Peden Stadium is going to be rocking anytime a MAC team can host a Power 5 team. That's huge. But um, I mean, overall, I just I, – I, I don't feel comfortable picking this game. I, I'm going to pick Syracuse. I want to pick Ohio. I will say there is a lot of love for Ohio to win this game across a lot of media because it's so close. I mean, there's a reason why Ohio was the spread. Like basically it seemed like what, with the way the betting is working, whoever's the favorite, uh, the other, the, the other side gets taken and it switches back. So I hope maybe Ohio ends up being the favorite around kickoff time. It's again, one point in favor of Syracuse, but um, I'm actually, I mean, again, Georgia Clemson is going to be the main screen, but this is going to be, you know, I'm bringing two laptops in my phone. I can tell you right now, a laptop's going to have Syracuse, Ohio on because I'm just I'm very excited about this game. I think this is going to be, and this is the Micah's favorite game to watch of the week. I'm with you 100%. I'm too scared to bet on this game. I mean, a one-point flip-flop, not sure. I mean, I'm also very down on Syracuse this year. They basically – they basically can go lower, like I said, in our Syracuse preview. Uh, granted, yeah, they had some COVID issues with being up in upstate New York. But is the talent there? Are the players in it with the coach? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, if you cover the spread and you win, I think you uh, set yourself up for a little bit more success in the season. You're not a pushover. Uh, but very scary. I hope Syracuse does prove us, at least me, wrong that they're not the really the pushover that I'm predicting them to be. So I got nothing much else on this game. I think it's uh, also kind of scary that they have to go to Ohio. It's kind of like Duke having to go to Charlotte. So we'll see what happens. This is going to be fun. Uh, another ACC versus Mac matchup at 7.30 on the ACC network. By the way, that Syracuse-Ohio game will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, I'm a big CBS guy, so I'm, I love that crew. Uh, but anyways, Northern Illinois, Georgia Tech, uh, to give you guys some insight on what to expect from Northern Illinois, they are the worst team in the Mac West. And the Mac West is a very – honestly, I'd argue the Mac West is the third best – no, okay, that's maybe two out of a take – it's one of the better <laughs> divisions in the group of five. Um, but Northern Illinois, to give you an idea who their starting quarterback is, it's Rocky Lombardi. That name might ring a bell if you follow college football. That was the starting quarterback at Michigan State. Um, so he did beat Michigan. So there is that. 
but he is not. I mean, if you watch Michigan State offense last year, they were bad. And I mean, granted, you know, Big Ten competition down in the MAC, but Georgia Tech whiteout situation. I think Bobby Dodd's going to be popping. Um, for those of you that love college football and have the money to do it, you could have an awesome Saturday. You could watch Army at Georgia State at noon, make the drive over to Mercedes Benz for Alabama, Miami. And then I know my buddy Hayden and Thomas are actually going from Alabama, Miami to this game at Bobby Dodd. So you could you could get a full weekend of college football, which would be really, really cool if you live in that metro Atlanta area. But Jeez, Georgia, yeah. Georgia Tech, 18 point favorite. It opened at 13 and a half. So that kind of gives you kind of concerns me how confident everybody is on what's being bet. Um, the public bet right now, according to Caesar Sportsbook, 92 percent is betting Georgia Tech. So never like that because i like to be kind of on the other side of everybody else but georgia tech's covering here i don't see anything that really gets me excited with about niu thomas hammocks the head coach over at niu and i mean he's i think he's gonna get out coached by jeff collins i think georgia tech's also trying to make a statement uh early in the year kind of talking about with nc state wake you know and the thing is too like georgia tech next week i Georgia Tech, honestly, if you're a fan of Georgia Tech, I'd be more concerned about Kennesaw State next week than you should be NIU. And that's not saying that Kennesaw State's better than NIU, but with the whole Metro Atlanta kind of rivalry coming at it, I saw Kennesaw State play Georgia State a few years ago uh, at Georgia State, and Kennesaw State traveled really, really well. It was a very competitive game. So I think that, you know, you should be a little bit more concerned. Again, I think the night, the atmosphere that's going to be there, I think it's going to be pretty solid. Uh, with this being a 7.30 night kickoff, whiteout type atmosphere they're calling for at Bobby Dodd. I think they're going to cover it. This is like a 31 to, to four, to 31 to 10, 31 to 13 type game for me. I think Georgia Tech should get some points. And I just don't see NIU scoring more than two scores or two touchdowns at least. So 14 or under. You know me, I've been high on Georgia Tech. I think they turn around a little bit this season, so I am hammering them to cover the spread. Um, I did not know that NIU was the worst team in the MAC, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. They're not the uh, worst Georgia team in the MAC. Akron and Bowling Green hold that wonderful honor, unfortunately. Oh, I forgot about But Akron, MAC West, yeah. they are the worst. Yeah. So. And honestly, NIU might not be – the gap between NIU and like a Bowling Green Akron is closer than NIU to like Ohio. So there's that. Like I would, gotcha. I think I'd pick Georgia tech to beat Ohio. So if that gives you an idea of what to kind of expect with NIU. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been high on Georgia tech. I think they get a little turnaround this season. Uh, again, I've been high on their coach, been high on their young quarterback. Um, they, is they got to make a little bit of a statement here. And I'm jealous of your friends having a weekend in Atlanta. That's going to be so much fun. You could make all three of those trips. It's kind of like what's going to happen in North Carolina within the next few days, but very excited. Uh, I'm Georgia tech is kind of my team this year because I'm really rooting for them to do well. I think college football is just simply better when Georgia tech uh, is good again, because we, we get to see them play Clemson competitively and Georgia competitively every year and be in that national championship talk a little bit, which they have not been in a very, very long time. So this is the year to turn around a little bit for Georgia tech. So I hope they absolutely destroyed Northern Illinois uh, this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, moving on, another 7.30 kickoff on your Raycom Sports Networks. We've got Virginia hosting <laughs> William and Mary. Um, I mean, as a Virginia fan, I get a little concerned whenever we play an in-state team, especially William and Mary. Um, you know, I don't like when Mike London comes to town because it just, again, it's just a personal beef. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm sure he wants to beat Virginia more than anything. They already want to beat Virginia because it's an in-state power five team, but you throw in the factor of, again, Mike London being Virginia's former head coach coming back. Virginia's a 33-point favorite, so I'm taking Virginia to win, but I just will not – I can't see Virginia – oh, I can see it. I'm not going to convince myself that Virginia's going to win by five scores here, so – uh, I'm hoping that's the case. I would love nothing more than to really be able to truly focus on Georgia Clemson the whole night and not be freaking out that Virginia is going to lose to William and Mary or is in a really tight game. And I'm wondering what the heck's wrong with Virginia. Um, but yeah, I, I think Virginia should beat William and Mary here pretty handily. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what was the spread again on this game? 33. 33. Okay. So, William Mary, not a bad FCS program. So I think they might catch Virginia sleeping towards the end. So maybe William Mary does cover in this game. I think 33 is a bit much, especially because I, I, I know a little bit about William Mary. They're not a bad program at all. Uh, Virginia. I think it's because like, I don't know a whole lot about Virginia this year. I think this is the one year where I'm not so much high on Virginia so I think William and Mary does cover the spread. I think that's a little big, but there should be no reason that this game is close. There should be no reason Virginia doesn't win this game by 14 or even uh, by more than 20. So I got nothing much else on this. I think Virginia, uh, if Virginia wants to stay in the conversation for the coastal title and it be in the top pack of the coastal, they need to make a statement in this game and uh, get the dogs going. So I think Virginia does pretty well in this game, but I think William & Mary covers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you here. Uh, another thing, too, I want to point out, when Virginia played William & Mary in 2019, when Virginia was, I would argue, obviously a better team then than they are going to be this year, uh, they covered a 34-point spread by beating William & Mary by 35. So I will take William & Mary for the spread here. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I don't think William and Mary is any worse than they were a couple of years ago. And I don't think Virginia is better than they were. And if they won by 35 a couple of years ago, I would say 28 is a, is my hopeful numbers. Like if Virginia wins by 28, I'll be very happy with that. That's my number. I'm hoping they shoot for. So uh, moving on to the game of the week in college football, truly the game of the week in the ACC. Obviously it's not my personal game of the week, but Game of the week in the conference, number three, Clemson, number five, Georgia. Clemson's a three-point favorite. Um, I'm shocked by that. I mean, again, maybe I'm crazy. A lot of the podcasts I listen to on the national level, there's a lot of love for Georgia. They're real, and, and, I, and I think justifiably so. I mean, this, like, I, I love the take. Again, I've heard it both on Athlon Sports. I've heard it on uh, the Cover 2 podcast for them, the Cover 3 podcast for, the, uh, for CBS Sports. You know, this is Georgia's year. If they don't win this year, they need to shut up because this team, they, they have one of the, like based off their five-star ratings in terms of what's on their roster, they have the, the most deep roster in college football. They also finally have that quarterback. 
if they can't do it this year, when are they going to do it? So that's, again, a big concern for me is I like as a college football fan, I, I am more confident in Georgia winning the national title than any other team. I really am. And like, if Georgia comes out and beats Clemson, they will be my number one team until they lose. I don't care if Alabama beats Miami by 75. I will still have Georgia as my number one team. I just, I can't believe Clemson's favored because I, I feel like, again, all the national media is talking about, you know, this Georgia team, this is it. This is their year. If they're going to do it, they have to do it this year. They like, like there's some podcasts saying like, it's not even a successful season for Georgia if they get to the national title. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, you know, if like you're a program that hasn't really done anything, it's been in the finals once and for you to have a great season to have a season that exceeds your expectations, it's not losing or excuse me, not you know, really not winning the national title. That's crazy to me. So there's a lot of expectations that are quite concerning on that side, but I think maybe that could be beneficial for Clemson. I really wish Georgia was the favorite here though. And I wish they were the higher ranked team because then I'd feel a lot more confident picking Clemson. I'm going to pick Clemson, but I'm going to do spread with Georgia because for me, I really don't know how this plays out. I honestly think it's going to be a three-point game. So Clemson wins by three. You're talking about a bust, so you're not out your money. But this is going to be such a damn good football game. Yeah, this this is my game of the week because I think we've said it before. This game is going to tell a whole lot throughout the rest of the season. Who wins and who loses? Is Georgia in? Is Clemson in? It's all going to come down to who's going to make their conference championships and who's going to win or lose their conference championships. And it all starts with this game Saturday night in Charlotte. Uh, I agree with you. Don't know why Clemson's favored. I'm very high on Georgia too. Every Basically everything you said, Micah, I 100% agree with. If Georgia can't do it this year, when the hell are they going to do it? Because they got the quarterback. They've got the defense back. They got every single piece that they could possibly have. They are favored to win the – I mean, no one is standing in their way in the SEC East. I'm sorry. Maybe Florida makes it competitive. But you're going to beat Kentucky. You're going to beat South Carolina, Tennessee, South uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vandy. Uh, your cross thing with uh, Auburn. And I think they play – uh, they played with some another West team. I can't remember who it was on their schedule, but there should be no reason. Uh, Georgia, this is this is Georgia's year. I'm with you. I think Georgia makes the college football playoff, and I think they make the national championship. Who they play, I don't know. It could be Oklahoma. Could be we could see SEC, SEC. It could be Clemson again. It could be Ohio State. Um, don't know why Clemson is favored because I'm picking Georgia to win this game. Uh, I think it's because Vegas knows something that we don't. I think Vegas is taking in consideration how many Clemson fans are going to travel up to Charlotte, even though Charlotte has a huge hub of Clemson fans, considering that it's only an hour away. Um, so Clemson, unfortunately, if they lose this game, but if they keep it close, if they keep it close, they're not out. I don't think they're out of the national championship talk. They're not out of the college football playoff talk. It all depends on what Georgia does throughout the rest of the season. They would obviously need Georgia to win out for sure. So it's Clemson it reminds me of Alabama. They're resetting. Um, even though we have seen a great glimpses of DJ, 
uh, but they have to replace their wide receivers. They have a freshman running back uh, starting this year. Uh, they, we, we don't, their defense was embarrassing last year. That's not the Clemson defense we're used to, especially against Notre Dame. So there's a big question mark on Clemson's defense, especially going into a very high powered Georgia offense led by JT. So I got Georgia winning this game. Uh, I think Vegas is taking into consideration that it's in Charlotte and there are going to be a ton of Clemson fans there. And the familiarity too. Clemson's always plays in Charlotte basically every year, uh, considering that's where the ACC championship is held at. So, I got Georgia winning this game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned that Georgia's going to be looking ahead to UAB next week. I don't know if you're watching UAB right now. They are in a shootout of a zero-zero halfway through the second quarter with Jacksonville State. We all know Jacksonville State who almost beat Florida State last year. So if you're if you're a Georgia athlete, fan, player, coach, you might want to just completely forget about Clemson. That's a cakewalk compared to this UAB team that's having an absolute just – they just look so dangerous against Jacksonville State right now in a 0-0 game. Oh, and as I say that, oh, look, UAB is actually breaking a big run and getting in a field goal position. So maybe, I, maybe I'm jinxing that. I actually but. didn't know we had college football going on right now. Jeez. Yep, it's the Montgomery kickoff classic. Wednesday night, UAB is – the road team against Jacksonville State, in, but it's in a neutral site. It's where they did that kickoff game last year that kicked off all of college football with, I think it was Jacksonville State mm. versus, no, it was Austin P versus Central Arkansas. But uh, anyways, That's yeah, right, no, yeah. this is, oh man, this game is going to be good. I Again, I will always pick the ACC to beat the SEC unless I'm just confident the SEC is going to win. Like, for example, Georgia, Georgia Tech right now, I'd pick Georgia, but um, you know, that's going to be a darn good game. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, Sunday, another darn good game. Notre Dame, Florida State, that game's about to be sold out in Tallahassee. Uh, my buddy Thomas, who's actually going to that Alabama-Miami game, he lives in Tampa, so he'll be driving back home and will also be attending this game. So uh, lucky him. Uh, Doe Campbell, when it's packed, is awesome as well. I think it's actually better than Clemson, so – Shout out to Clemson. I think you're the third best ACC party or atmosphere when it's sold out. So might get uh, decapitated there, but it is what it is. But um, I mean, for me, this, this game, it has no expectation in terms of do or die for the program. Uh, I just want to honestly, because I, I just want to see really who both these teams are, even though they're no longer an ACC team. Um, but I really just want to see what Florida state's made of. I want to see like, if this game is close, I'm going to be very, very happy. I, I'm watching this game with no expectations. Um, again, I will be cheering for Florida State. I hope they win. I don't think they do. I don't like the seven-and-a-half-point spread uh, that has Notre Dame favored to seven-and-a-half. I think I'll take Notre Dame to cover there. I think it's a 10-point game, maybe even 14. But I will say there's just so much intrigue and so many question marks you know, we know kind of what to expect with Notre Dame in terms of who their personnel is going to be, but are they really going to be a top 10 team? Like, I, I feel more confident in North Carolina than they do Notre Dame, but yet Notre, Notre Dame is ranked higher. So I want to see with that, you know, on that end for Notre Dame. But for Florida State, I mean, I just want to see – it sounds like Jordan Travis is going to be the starting quarterback, and that gets me excited in one sense because I actually like his upside. But it gets me a little concerned because we saw who he was last year. And, you know, again, like that kind of makes me think that Mackenzie Milton is just not Mackenzie Milton, which 
understandably so. The injury he suffered was insane. The fact he's even able to come out here and play football again is incredible. But, you know, it kind of gets me concerned that, you know, we might see a two-quarterback system. We might not have some, you know, consistency here. For me, I, I, I'm excited for this game. I'm not even really going to go into what we should expect matchup-wise because I don't know what to expect. I, I'm watching this game purely to get an idea of what to expect from Florida State moving forward. Because if this ends up being a blowout, Notre Dame goes into a packed Tallahassee and blows them out, crap. Like, <laughs> there might, might be a couple more years away than we thought. But if this game is played close, you might, we can start kind of putting these Florida State games on kind of a record. I mean, when, again, this could be a look ahead for Florida State. Jacksonville State, who is playing UAB, you know, they play them the following week. So revenge factor for Jacksonville State after last year too. But, you know, for me, you know, watching this Florida State game, we can see – It'll help us. It'll really give us an insight into what to expect for Florida State at Wake in two weeks, Florida State and Louisville in three weeks. Like, that's all I'm watching for. I, I want to see improvement from Florida State, and I want to see, you know, what, who they are because we don't know. I think last year's team, we shouldn't judge them based off of last year's team. I think last year, again, was I mean, a strange year for everybody, but especially for a program like Florida State with a new coach and figuring things out. So many guys leaving. They've lost a lot. They've brought a lot in. I'm just, I'm excited to just, just get an idea of what to expect from Florida state. And I'm, I don't have high expectations. I mean, again, for me, if Florida state loses by 14 points or less, unless Notre Dame just looks like an absolute crap show, I'll be very content with that. The, uh, the, Spread scares me. So I was going to say Florida State covering, but that's when we talked about them like a month ago, three weeks ago, when it was like 10 and a half, nine and a half or something like that. The fact that it's seven and a half uh, worries me a little bit, but I will say I'm expecting a little bit more of an improvement for Florida State this year because I believe in Mike Norvell. I picked him as my ACC coach of the year. I think he can turn around a little bit. I also think Notre Dame is a bit overrated this year. Uh, where are they? Nine in the country right now. So that's a little bit much, especially because they're definitely a team that is absolutely resetting. Ian Book has been there for 55 years, somewhere around that area, and he's gone. So we don't know who I, – I, I, I couldn't name you the starting quarterback for Notre Dame Um I I think I'm going in this just like like you are, Micah. No expectations except maybe see Florida State in all its glory in Tallahassee, uh, the Indian running out on the field, stabbing the logo in the middle of the field. I want to see the great atmosphere. I really I'm I would love to see a fantastic game. I hope Florida State comes out in those black uniforms. Those things are sick. Uh, but other than that. Hopefully there's a little bit of uh, improvement this year with Florida state. I want to see it happen. And call like I said, with Georgia tech, Florida state is just, it's much better. College football is much better when Florida state is good and they get the only game of the day. You, you have the national spotlight. You're playing Notre Dame at your house, make something of it, do something about it. So this is a big statement for Florida state. Be like, Hey, if we don't win this, we're going to make it close and we're going to prove that this program's coming back. So that's all I got on Florida State. I am surprised, though, that Mackenzie Milton is not starting this game. Um, 
I did not know that he was not going to start. So that is a little bit of news to me, but very excited. Can't wait. To, I, I love I love the only game Sunday, only game Monday, which we're about to get into in a sec here right before NFL because it's just like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's fantastic. So I uh, can't wait to see this game. Yeah. So Notre Dame starting quarterback, just so you're aware, is Jack Cohn from mm-hmm. Wisconsin. So, yeah, not – I wouldn't say he's Ian Book. I think Ian Book's better, but at least they're getting. I would say. I would say he's the best quarterback in the game, uh, unless Mackenzie Milton is yeah. Mackenzie Milton from UCF's era. But and they haven't named a starter, so it's not like it's ruled out that Mackenzie Milton doesn't start. But it sounds like Jordan Travis, who would because they've been holding Mackenzie Milton back rep wise, because rightfully so, he's recovering from a very serious injury. So I think Jordan Travis, from what I've heard from. You know, Danny Cannell on the Cover 3 podcast, as well as Bud Elliott from the Cover 3 podcast, both that kind of have some really good connections at Florida State. Of course, Danny Cannell played there. You know, sounds like it's going to be Travis. But moving on to the final game of the week, almost it honestly almost made my game of the week uh, if it weren't for the fact that I just, you know, have a lot of question marks about Louisville. But Louisville, Ole Miss, 10-point favorite Ole Miss. Again, this game's in Atlanta as well. Um I mean, we're, I'm expecting points here. The over-under is 75 and a half, and I still almost want to take the over there. That's a pretty high sp- uh, over-under. But, I mean, this, this, this game is really telling for the ACC. If Louisville wins this game, it really does propel the ACC moving forward because no one expects – like, it seems like let – me, let me confirm this real quick. Yeah, this spread opened at seven and a half for Mississippi. So, like, you know, Ole Miss is getting – you know, a lot of love from a lot of folks. And this line keeps moving and moving and moving in favor of Ole Miss. And you know, I mentioned it. I am I'm very high on Louisville taking a step forward. I think last year was a very strange year for them. I, I don't I'm not as concerned about the whole, you know, wanting to go to South Carolina thing for the, you know, for the, the coaching staff and and the flirting with all that stuff. I just again think that he's just a bad liar, Scott Satterfield. But you know, at the end of the day, this is this game again. <laughs> it falls into the intrigue of what are we going to get from Louisville? I, I think that it's a little bit more. I, I, again, I think it's very similar to Notre Dame, Florida State. We don't know. We don't know too much about Notre Dame either. If they lost so much. I mean, Ole Miss, they didn't lose a lot, but we don't know if Ole Miss is because a lot of people are expecting Ole Miss to take the step forward. They're very popular as a top twenty-five, top twenty, top fifteen team, likely to beat Alabama type, and. You know, I don't necessarily feel that way, but it's Lane Kiffin. You just don't know. And it's week one. So he might have some tricks up his sleeves and, you know, he's good. He's if, if anyone's going to take advantage of a national spotlight being the only game on TV, it's going to be Lane Kiffin. So that definitely concerns mm-hmm. me. You know, if Ole Miss gets out early and Louisville can't catch up, Ole Miss might try to drop 70 on them and win by three, four, five scores. So that is a huge red flag for me. I'm going to take Louisville to cover. I do think Ole Miss wins, but I do have a lot of question marks about it. Um, This is going to be a very fun offensive game. It's going to be a heck of a way to uh, end Labor Day and kick off a short week uh, in terms of, you know, a four-day work week. So uh, what are your thoughts uh, on on this one? I mean, this this is a game that really shouldn't have that much intrigue, but it's going to have a lot of intrigue. And, I really hope Ole Miss wears the powder blue. I really hope they wear the helmets. Color rush type. Louisville already announced they're wearing their red. So I would love nothing more than a a powder blue and red matchup on that Monday night as a color rush type thing. 
Yeah, I would love, love, love that. Um, I am a little down on Louisville this year, uh, but if they can keep up with Ole Miss, I am, you know, I, 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 I'm going to put my nuts on the table and say I think that over hits because I think both, not only does Ole Miss have a fantastic offense, I think Matt Corral is going to be top, oh, man, do I put him in top five? It's it's tough. It's very close. Matt Corral barely makes, barely doesn't make. He's like a 50-50 top five quarterback in the nation, I believe, uh, probably behind Sam and uh, Spencer Rattler and other guys. But anyway, they got a Ole Miss has a great quarterback, Lane Kiffin. You never know what tricks up his. And he, you're right. He's going to take advantage of this national spotlight uh, being the only game on Memorial Day. So, or I'm sorry, Labor Day. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I am a little down in Louisville, but if you're going to turn things around a little bit, keep up with that offense. And what they can do, what Louisville can do is, I don't know a whole lot about their defense. And something that was a big struggle for them last year. So if they can pull up their defense just a little bit, and stop Ole Miss a couple of times because we know that Ole Miss struggles so much on defense. And I believe Louisville will have the offense to keep up with them. They can stop them one or two times in key moments. I think we can see a very close game here. Uh, but I think I do have Ole Miss winning this game for sure. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up our – previews of all these games but any final thoughts nick i mean this is gonna be a fun slate i mean we've kind of talked long so i'm not gonna spend too much time you know rambling about how great this is we've already mentioned this you know this this week but gosh dang does it feel good to have college football back and obviously it's creeping in the back of my mind that we could potentially lose a game because of covid but knock on wood hopefully we're in good shape here we're not looking into last year where hopefully we don't get an announcement you know <laughs> a couple hours before kickoff this game's canceled because of covid but Man, I am excited. Any any final thoughts here when we wrap this up? No, man, uh, not much. I'm very, very excited, just like you are. Can't wait for my Wolfpack to uh, take on USF tomorrow, so I will be tuning into that. Uh, and once again, I will be boots on the ground in uh, Truist Field for the Wake Forest Old Dominion game. So uh, if you guys want that hat, whoever sees me first, whoever finds me first, DM me at NDOLE74. I think I'll be mainly on that one. I will I will tweet from the ACC or uh, uh, the Just, mean Le- Just Means Less page while I'm at the game as well, but I have my notifications on for uh, my personal one. So DM me there. You want to uh, win a hat? You want to talk a little bit about the podcast, whatever, go ahead. Can't wait to be boots on the ground. I haven't been in that stadium in a, quite a while. So uh Go Wolfpack also. I have to shout out my Wolfpack one more time. So uh, good luck to your Virginia Cavs against William and Mary. And uh, I'm jealous that you're going to be in Chicago this weekend for sure. Oh, I'm glad you like Chicago. I I can't stand Chicago, but. um, It just sounds like you're going to have a great time though. That's all I'm saying. I mean, (laughs) I've enjoyed being in Minneapolis the last few days. Went to the Twins game last night. Um, might feel I don't think I'm going to go to the Cubs game on Friday because that would mean I have to leave Minneapolis at five o'clock in the morning after being at the Ohio State game late the night before but 
we might we might wake up feeling dangerous you know we'll see but uh also quick before we go virginia tech north carolina jersey matchup is going to be sweet virginia tech just yeah i saw unc's jerseys yeah unc or while we were on the pod virginia tech just announced that they're going to be going all orange minus a white helmet so it's going to be a pretty cool jersey matchup pretty pumped about that it's an orange effect in blacksburg but uh, that's going to wrap this one up. As always, it means just a little bit less in ACC country and go ACC.